Hey everyone, welcome back to AWM Insights. We are your Power 3, two CPWAs and a CFA. We are Eric, Brandon, and Justin. And we're going to jump right into what has been happening over the past week in the markets. We've had uh, actually uh, a weird uh, transition away from just positive markets all week to a little bit of mixed reviews as we've seen the government is sitting at the front of the headlines a little bit of a disagreement going on right now between the Fed and the Treasury. Uh, we are headed into Thanksgiving. We've got the CDC uh, unrealistically encouraging people to not travel for the holidays or uh, see their extended family. So uh, we'll see how that is affecting the overall uh, markets. One of the things just to be aware of is, you know, as we introduce these type of recommended regulations and restrictions across the, the country. The question becomes, how is it going to impact business? And then we've also got some positive news to talk about this week. Yeah, Eric, I mean, I think it's it's actually pretty fascinating. Obviously, we still have the vaccine uh, stuff out in the news. There's a lot of a lot going on. And I think, you know, it just highlights for me, at least uh, the pain. If you were a short term trader or a short term investor trying to figure out what's going to happen next, um, you know, we, we see vaccines announced and everything goes goes well swimmingly, um, you know, and, and we also see some corrections like the cloud computing index and the cloud companies get absolutely crushed on news of a, of a vaccine. But then, you know, timelines for the vaccine come out and, and everything corrects back the other way. So, uh, you know, I think COVID just dominating the election still out there. Um, and I just, it makes me feel real good to be a, a long-term investor. I'll tell you that. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, th th this time in the markets, um, it, where the direction is really unknown is, is, you know, fascinating to look at from a, from a news standpoint, but Brandon, you're totally right. I mean, in times like this make, make it so apparent that being a long-term investor is the way to go. Just trying to predict which way markets are going to go it, right now is, is, a fool's errand, right? And you just have to have a plan in place and and be prepared to to react if markets correct or if they go up, because you can't predict which way they they are going to go. It, it, any day can bring new news um, in this this cycle we're in right now. And I think it's even more difficult beyond trying to figure out which way the overall market's going to go is individual companies. And I thought we, we've seen fascinating announcements on so many levels from from individual companies this past week. You've got Amazon announcing that they're they're starting an online pharmacy. And uh, what's interesting about Amazon is with that announcement, their stock price like barely ticked up uh, because it's no news that they just continue to, to innovate and disrupt. But what it meant for the Walgreens and the CVSs of the world uh, is just the impact on that individual company. And Brandon and I were chatting offline of it's not even just about Walgreens and CVS, but one of the things we hear a lot about in the private real estate space, right? Triple net leases is, you know, th this building's secure because we've got a tenant for the next 30 years who happens to be Walgreens. And so even things at times that we feel are so certain, concentrated risk is very difficult to figure out. Yeah, I think the individual company risk is really interesting. I had a uh, great call with a client uh, yesterday. We talked a lot about Tesla, right? Tesla seems like the, the <laughs> no winning, no, no brain winner right now. I mean, they're being 
they're joining the S&P 500 finally. Um, they, you know, have that profitability that gets them in. I think I saw they're going to be the, the most profitable company or the largest company, sorry, not the most profitable, the largest company to uh, join the S&P 500 in the history of anybody coming in. Um, and they're worth more than Walmart. So some pretty fascinating stuff around that. Um, and there's all kinds of complexities. We saw Tesla's stock price jump and that was the conversation. Hey, you know, my, my buddies are telling me Tesla's going to price is going to go up because they're getting added to the S and P 500. Well, one, uh, as soon as that was announced, right, we saw the stock price tick up because information is so, so fluid. And, and as we know, prices adjust, um, but it's also kind of led to an interesting conversation around the reconstitution and the fact that, hey, all these indexes out there now have to add Tesla to to their uh, to their pool of investments so they don't uh, increase their tracking error. And so, you know, it's kind of like showing up to the to the Tesla lot on the same day. Right. If if all Teslas were priced based upon demand, are you going to want to show up with, uh, you know, four thousand of your other friends to buy a Tesla that day? Probably not. So. You know, I think that it highlights some some flexibility. And when you're really thinking about your investments, um, you know, some of the problems potentially with just a straight indexed approach. Yeah. And those, those news items and Tesla specifically are great sound bites for the average Joe investor or broker to, to latch on to. Right. Like, I mean, I, I actually have an email from a friend, you know, probably a month or so ago, not specific to Tesla, but basically highlighting you know, these news items on companies like CVS or Amazon, hey, Amazon's going to take over the, the prescription space and, and CVS is going to plummet and all this stuff, right? These are these are sound bites that really resonate um, with with individuals and it makes sense. But when you really take a step back, does it does it make sense to invest at that given point in time based on the soundbite when largely that information is already priced into markets and and then that concentration risk uh, is super important to take into to account right by by acting on that information and holding an individual stock individual position you're 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 just exposing yourself to risk that you don't really know um, that exists one of the other things that popped up that that I wanted to just bring to light that we haven't really talked a lot about on this on this podcast, even though we're I think we're around episode 40 is uh, we concentrate a lot on what's going on in the United States, but there are a lot of other international markets and and we are core believers here at AEWM that uh, that we believe in global diversification uh, to avoid, uh, you know, the, the lost decade that happened in the United States in the early 2000s. But what's interesting is, is we look to close uh, maybe down this week in the in the U.S., uh, the European markets have posted their three third straight week of gains that, you know, just love to talk a little bit about that diversification, not only from an individual company level, but really we are an interconnected global market and uh, just the importance of, of having allocation outside of, of the United States. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it, Eric, it just goes back to higher expected returns, right? If you're looking at a portfolio, um, you're looking for it long term. We all we know we can't miss, right? We can't miss days in the market. So if you're trying to time and get in and out, you can't miss markets. So whether that's international versus domestic, and you can't miss companies. Um, you know, any of those those big misses are severely going to impact you. So you know, having that global diversification just makes sure that 
you know, you're, you're mitigating your risk and proving your risk adjusted returns over time. And so, you know, I think that's, that's really the important piece there. You referenced the lost decade. Uh, you know, what you're doing is protecting yourself against that lost decade. Right. Um, and so I think that's really important to, to keep, keep a tab on is uh, make sure you are thoughtfully diversified. Um, don't get stuck with this home bias, this mentality that, you know, the U.S. outperforms all the time. Uh, we also actually know that uh, I think it's the U.S. has only been the top performer once in like the last 30 years. So, you know, that you are missing if you're only invested in the U.S. So you, you got to be careful there. Yeah. And Brandon, you, you highlighted diversification, right? And we, we speak to that quite a bit, both in the U.S., but the international market story is also one of diversification. You can argue it's kind of the, the one free lunch investors have, right? And so why not take advantage of it in a thoughtful, thoughtful way? Then I, I would even add emerging markets, while they're, they're very risky, they provide probably the highest expected return in a portfolio. So having a nice allocation there um, makes a ton of sense, especially again, for the long-term investor, right? We, we underscore that time and time again, but it, it, is, it is incredibly important and incredibly true. Yeah, I think the real quick, I mean, the it the other thing to remember is the higher expected returns, not everything isn't going to work all the time, you know, and so it's really spreading out that risk. We see that with small companies. We know we know small companies outperform large, at least the data shows that over long periods of time. Well, uh, that hasn't been a favorable place to be in the in the recent history. But what we've seen, especially over the past few weeks, is that come back. Uh, pretty dramatically. So, you know, I think it's it's not getting that short term mindedness. It's looking at the bigger data, the larger data set um, and making sure that you're allocated towards those higher expected returns. And international is a big part of that. Emerging markets is a big part of that. It's it's funny. I as you were talking, Brandon, about the the short term ism. I was uh, saw on Instagram the other day. There was a beautiful post from Warren Buffett. Somebody asked him uh, if your investment strategy is so simple, why people uh, why don't they do it? And he said nobody likes to get rich slowly. Um, and the things we're really talking about are are the fundamentals of what professional investors do. Right. Uh, as a professional, we understand we're long term focused. We diversify. We understand what are the drivers of returns? What are the sources of returns and how do we allocate our plan to help us achieve the outcomes that we want based off, off of those investments? And, it, and it's really sad is I, I was having a conversation with the guy uh, last week. And I mean, this is a guy I've been talking to uh, really since March. And he's devastated because one of his partners, they own a business, very, very successful, convinced him to take all their money out of their 401k and go to cash. And, and I'm, I'm not crapping you. This was like mid-March. And I've talked to this guy weekly. And the best part, one of their other employees, a good buddy of ours, keeps showing him his percentage of what he's earned back in the accounts. But, but this gentleman, he literally is like, he's so mad at himself, but he's terrified to get back in. Because he's like, oh, my account's going to go to zero. And what I talked to him about was also this, this fundamental misunderstanding is, is this money that he's talking about is in his tax deferred account that he can't even access today. And this comes into having a financial plan. It's about the importance of having a protective reserve. It's, it's the importance of understanding that the money you have allocated to the public markets or the private markets 
should be aligned with when you need to use that money and not not your entire net worth tied up into something that your your heart is dying with every single day. Yeah, I mean, that just highlights, Eric, right? We talk about all the time. Financial structure trumps the portfolio. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, unfortunately, our industry is built on competing on the portfolio. We're going to get you X or Z or whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, it should be about the outcomes you're trying to achieve as an individual. And you better be focused on having the proper structure in place. Uh, otherwise, you're in, in a lot of trouble. I mean, you can get the portfolio a little bit wrong if you have the right structure, the other way around, you're hosed. So, um, yeah, that just reminds me of, of that that big fact and keeping that in mind. Before we sign off to, I got to find out from at least from Justin, you know, we've we've heard kind of Google's taking on Venmo now. Uh, we've got GM's monitoring, you know, your driving habits for insurance. Tesla's doing the same. But, you know, Justin, I know you're a Google house. How do you feel about them uh, not only knowing you know, you're about everything about you in your home, but now they're going to know your financial accounts. You know, they're going to give you, they're going to know everything about you now. So oh, they're going to be just like Apple. That's true. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, as, as much convenience as Google brings to me in my life, man, I, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe uh, or hard, hard to convince myself to give them access to my financial information as well. <laughs> uh, and it's a, a crazy time too for them to actually be rolling something like this out, like just getting even more intrusive into people's lives when the Department of Justice is, is taking aim, aim at them for um, for monopolistic behavior. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But I mean, for me personally right now, I God, I can't see myself using that. I'll, I'll stick with Venmo and uh, and and keep, keep my uh, diversification on that front uh, intact. I think it's you a know, good point. The single company risk, that's what you're pointing to, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are trading this and thinking like, oh, Google's taking over the world and this is going to be the most profitable company of all. I mean, Amazon the same way with the pharmacy, right? But I think people need to remember that, you know, even back to AT&T days and then they broke them up, all the baby bells, right? There's only so big, some company can only get so big before there's intervention. And so, um, yeah, just be careful with single company risk. Man, yeah, it's enticing though. I uh, I had the opportunity when we were at CES earlier this year. I can't believe that actually happened in 2020 to walk through the the Google Smart Home. And man, it uh, it seemed like a dream life. Which uh, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, you know. And uh, it's uh, one of these things. Going back to that financial structure, Brandon, that you said breaking down what we what we really rely on is called the protective reserves. I think this is important for every every listener to know is the reason we are so committed to being long-term investors and and exposing ourselves to capture these highest expected returns over the long term is because we never mistake uh, neglecting our protective reserve, which is very simply two to three years of what it would cost to fund our life if there was some crazy acute distress that happened, such as COVID, right? Is when things happen, whether it's the financial crisis, whether it's the Great Depression, whether it's, you know, the next COVID or pandemic is the thing that gives you the certainty and actually gives you a competitive edge. This is the thing. The reason we capture the returns is because we're willing to sit through the risk but you're only going to have ice in your veins to sit through the risk if you have two to three years of cash sitting on the sidelines 
that you're not panicked every day that you wake up in the in the direction of, of the markets. And so we highly encourage you guys to set that aside. Uh, you can access all of this in the show notes, of course, head over to AWM Insights. And uh, we'd love, obviously, for you to head over to uh, Apple iTunes as well. Give us a review. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. Pass it along to a friend that's asking these questions. And until next time, stay humble, stay hungry, and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.